This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you that is an interview from Las Vegas. Yes, because we got to go to Las Vegas, me, Lauren, and super producer Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, because the Wynn Resort uh invited us to come and check out their new studios check out their new restaurants yeah yeah they right they like flew us out and had us stay with them and had us like eat and drink as much as we possibly could um and then interview some of the humans who are running different aspects of their food and beverage programs um and specifically they wanted to do this um because they teamed up with this company called blue wire to build a podcast studio at the Wynn Resort. Yeah. And that studio is very fancy. <laughs> it really, really is. So I <laughs> I have been, as I've said before previously, I think, uh, I've been to Las Vegas several, several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to the Wynn. It was my first. I that was I yes. was uh-huh, very confused yes. the whole time. Well, I, I felt like your your tour guide, and it was a, a lovely like, ooh, let's go do this. Ooh, let's go do that. It was terrific. Highly recommend. <laughs> also, like, there was a part of me that was hoping to make my ex boyfriend jealous. Um, <laughs> that's okay because he loves Las Vegas. He's the one who introduced me to the Wynn Resort. It's his favorite place. Oh. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> we all do things for a variety of reasons, that's right? True. That's true. We do. Um, but I, I. The Wynn is a very lovely hotel, and it does have, like, um, it has, like, this carousel of flowers thing. It has all this stuff. But I remember you and Andrew, we kind of parted ways. And I was like, I'm going to go find this studio. I'm kind of a, I'm the person who is like, uh, what if we get lost? Let me go ahead and find it so we don't, like, miss it. Sure. Um, 
So I went to go find it. And when I saw it, I sent a picture, this podcast studio, to both of you like, whoa, (laughs) this is very, very nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, especially after like for the past three years, we like Annie's been in her closet and I've been in various (laughs) like like ramshackle, like like kind of kind of duct taped together. Homes, mm-hmm. home studios. Uh, and so we show up and it's not just a podcast studio. It's a video studio and they have multiple cameras and monitors and uh, and like you can you can do little like like fly ins from these cameras that are suspended from the and there's so many lights and they have like our logo up behind us. And yes. And the team was super professional, not that super producers Andrew and Dylan are not, but like just the whole thing was very, mm-hmm. very lovely. Yeah, they were they were a really great team. And I think that, you know, when you're going into a new situation, Lauren and I are used to, in these past couple of years, coming from often, for me, like in my pajamas from my closet. Hmm. You don't know. It's not a given, unfortunately, that a team you're working with will be kind yeah. or um, patient uh, but they really were. They really were. And I really appreciated how they would laugh at, like, your random <laughs> expletives, uh, <laughs> which get cut out of this show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And just kind of our general goofiness, but also our um, our specific brand of nerdiness and science and history around food. Um, it was just really nice. Like, they were really... And at one point I had something like on my lip. It was blue glitter, which we'll talk about in another episode. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> blue glitter substance. We'll talk about it. Um, but they they were just looking out and they're like, let's get this. Make sure you know that it's there. We don't want to embarrass you. Like all that stuff. It was just it was a good experience. It was. It oh, it really was. And um, I mean, and OK, so so the win um, and, and Blue Wire sponsored the trip. But right. Genuinely. It was like a pleasure to get to go to go use the studio and to go to these like lovely experiential restaurants and bars and try all of these like weird, cool things that they're doing and then talk to some of the people that are responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to hear their passion about it. I always feel kind of trite when I say something like that, but it's true. Like they, they were just very excited about what they were doing. They clearly put a lot of thought into what they were doing and also collaboratively oh, like yeah. how what they were doing impacted what other people were doing in terms of like cocktails that can be provided and foods that can be provided it was just really fascinating to hear to have these interviews separately but to hear how they all kind of wove together sure. to make these menus um that are really vibrant and interesting Oh yeah. And uh yeah, so so we're um we're going to share a few of these interviews throughout the rest of the year, but our first one here today is with the executive chef of one of the Wynn Resorts restaurants called Casa Playa. Um it's it's a coastal Mexican kind of theme. And it is also the first place that we ate when we got to Vegas. True. And it was 8 p.m. Vegas time. So it was was like 11 p.m. our time. (laughs) But it was so good. Like, And I know we posted some videos on social media, but we had just done that episode on Marigolds. And the restaurant was just like a very visually stunning, 
decked out in marigold. Yeah, it was setting. a marigold theme, and yes. uh, and they had marigold <laughs> cocktails and mm-hmm. just all of this. Oh man, and uh, and yeah, and, and and a lot of a lot of the things that we tried, we've talked about on the show before, um, or, or or touched on in various ways. Um, and then we got to really explore all of that with uh, with with Chef Sarah in this interview. So. Um, and I, I will say it might have been that we were all like jet lagged and completely loopy and mildly starving. Um, but that was one of the best meals I've had. Mm-hmm. Like kind of period. Like you can end the sentence there and it is true. So it was delicious. And we were so full, but we wanted <laughs> so much more. And then the very kind wait staff brought us dessert. Like we were like, no, we're full. We're like, like we no cannot more. possibly. And they were like, okay, but here really. And then we were like, all right. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I found some room ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so so yeah. Uh, uh thank you so so much to uh to the Wind Resort for for this opportunity. And uh I guess we will let former Annie and Lauren take it away. But before we do that, let us pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So let's get into this interview that we did. Hi there. Uh, this is the Saver Podcast, and we are coming to you from the Wynn Resort Blue Wire Studios. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. I'm Annie Reese. And we are here today with Chef Sarah Thompson. Yes. Uh, so we're going to have a completely natural human conversation. <laughs> um, and we like to start these things out by with just a nice, simple, um, hi, who are you? Hi. Uh, as you said, I am Sarah Thompson. I'm the chef at Casa Playa, which is a coastal Mexican restaurant in the Encore or Wynn Resort. Uh, and okay, so 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 you have co- coastal Mexican cuisine there. Could you talk a little bit about how you got into Mexican cuisine and how you've learned about it? I kind of got into it by chance, honestly. Um, I was working in New York, and the restaurant that I was working for was closing. And a friend of mine came in one of our last days and was like, hey, I just started working at this place called Cosme. We're looking for a new sous chef. Do you want to come? And I went, and I trailed, and I absolutely loved it. When you're a young chef, young culinary professional growing, you have fewer and fewer experiences where everything you see is new. Like I had never tried a fresh tortilla before. I had never worked with chilies. I had never seen or like even thought of any of the techniques that we were doing. And I was just changed. I was like, I need to be here. I need to learn all of this. I need to, all guns of blazing (laughs) into this uh, Mexican cuisine. And I, I loved it. And it's really shaped my career and shaped how I think about food. And it was just a really eye opening experience. And I absolutely love it. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, it can be such a such a different um, palette of flavors to play with. Indeed. And one thing that's really cool, and I always have to tell people, especially if you have a like classic French background, forget everything you know. <laughs> like you want to burn things. You want to toast things and fry things and do things that you never thought that you would uh, do with food. Yeah. But it's going to be amazing. Uh, um, uh, along those lines, right. So, um, so one of the things that Casa Playa is doing uh, and that you're doing there is a, is a home masa program. Yes. And we've talked before on the show a bit about what masa is and, uh, need to mollization. Um, but could you give us like a quick rundown of, of that? And like, yeah, like, like what masa is and like furthermore, like what it means to you? Well, masa just means dough. Uh, so just simply speaking, it's dough and you'll see it a lot in Mexican and Central and South American cuisines. Um, and masa is formed when you put the corn through the process of nixtamal, as you guys said, uh, which is when you change the pH of the water. We use calcium hydroxide, but you can use uh, lime, you can use ash, you can use many different things. And this changes the chemical composition of the corn and allows it to break down, uh, brings out essential nutrients in the corn and allows us to mill it into masa, which is just a magical product. For me, uh, we are in Las Vegas, obviously. We're not in Mexico. So we really wanted to showcase all of the Mexican ingredients that we work with. And corn, chilies uh, are just two of the ingredients that are really just the backbones of Mexican cuisine. When you think about Mexican cuisines, the first thing people think of is usually just tacos. What do you need to make a taco? You need a tortilla and you need, you know, masa and nixtamal to make all of that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Could we could we get a little bit nerdy about the kinds of corn that you're because you have like what, like nine heirloom varieties that y'all work with? We have so we have six different heirloom varieties, but we have a few different colors that go in it. So like, you know, we have like an orange and then we have a blood orange and a navel orange and a cara cara orange, like kind of like that. Like <laughs> so like we have one varietal that we really like using because it makes a beautiful tortilla called bolita. Okay. And it just refers to the shape of the corn. It's a little ball. 
Uh, and we have bolita amarillo, so yellow, bolita azul. And these varieties we found make just beautiful tortillas. Uh, they make really like plump, hydrated masa. And it's just one of the things that we, you know, want to showcase here. Another varietal we have is called chalqueño, which is my personal favorite. Um, okay. It is actually really interesting because uh, I love like Oaxacan food. And chalqueño is a type of corn that uh, dries really well. So I was like, great, we're definitely going to use this to make all of our tostadas. But it turns out Las Vegas is just really dry. So it's really easy to make tostadas out of anything. <laughs> when you're in a more humid environment like the Northeast, uh, where I come from, uh, it is like a little bit more important to use these different varietals for different things. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and you have different processes that you that you use to, to treat. It's, it's not like a one size fits all thing because you're you are doing tostadas and you're doing tortillas and you're doing tamales. So. Exactly. Yeah. So when you're milling corn, you want to mill it for different things. Uh, the finer you mill it, the, you know, the dough is more and more so for tortillas. But if you're going to fry it, you actually don't want to mill it as fine because you don't want all of that oil to seep into the tostada or the totopo. So we'll, with different corn, we'll nixtamalize like usually just two different colors a day. We'll choose one that we're going to use for the tostadas and we'll use one that we're going to use for tortillas and we'll separate them to make sure that they're being used for the right process. Huh. And you guys go through um, crazy volume, uh, right? Like it's insane. I <laughs> like I am blown away. I'm like, you're cooking how much corn? And I look at the numbers, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna need all that, huh? Oh yeah. Um. So right. Like how how do you how do you manage that for something as hands on? And I, I mean, I, I imagine like like finicky and specific as masa. Um. Well, once we figured out our recipe and our milling and all of that. We got a lot of those kinks out before we opened the restaurant, and it was a huge learning process. Uh, you know, the water has a huge impact. How much water you use to cook with it. Coming from New York, we had the hardest time figuring out the masa recipe, and it turns out it was the water. So we had to get a huge filtration system put on in the back where we do all of our milling so the corn would have a certain, uh, you know, certain things in it to make sure we could actually use it to nixtamalize the corn, which is just insane. Like you think about New York bagels, like why are they right. so special? It's right. the water, uh -huh. like insane really with masa. Yeah. So um, we got a, a lot of those kinks out and now we have a, you know, a, a well-oiled machine and I have three to four people every day just dedicated to this masa program. Wow. Uh, could you, do, do you have the numbers in your head? Like, like, like how many people you have on staff, how many uh, seats you have coming through every night? So right now is a little bit limited because our lounge area is closed. But when we're doing full capacity, we can do up to about 500 covers. We don't hit 500 covers every day, but we can <laughs> okay. do it. It's a little bit rough, but like yeah. we can do it. Sure. Um, and when we're doing that volume, like four or 500 covers a night, we'll go through about 80 kilos of masa a day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> No big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big, no big. Um, uh, I'm trying to picture that, and I'm having a hard time. Um, okay, is there is there anything about this process that you've been you've been kind of teaching yourself? Has has anything really surprised you? I mean, honestly, this whole process is surprising. Like the more you read about it, and the more that you learn, and you get your hands on stuff, the like more and more special it is. Uh, like where we're getting our corn from these from these small farms in Mexico and, you know, how we get it here. And like this whole process is just so thoughtful and so like personal. And like it's also super unique to any restaurant here in Vegas. Like no one else on the strip is going through this much corn and has this process. 
So it's just really cool to be a part of it all because, like I said, it's just so important to, you know, Mexican cuisine and, you know, what we're trying to represent here. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you feel like you're still learning? I mean, the environment honestly changes everything. Yeah. Like we had actually a week, uh, a week or two that it was like monsoon season and the air was just so humid, which is again, shocking. But you guys, <laughs> and, like, how we were processing our masa was like, we had to change it. We had to change how much water we put in it. We had to change how much water we cooked in it because like the air just changed it. So it's like, it's really interesting that like, you know, every day is like, even though you're like, I have this recipe, I have it like this. You really have to work with like ev all of your surroundings. And I feel like that's what I've been learning the most, like how to adapt and how to, you know, work within the environment that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, dough is a living thing always. Mm -hmm. I, even if you're not actively using a yeast or something like that, that it's still like so dependent upon the environment. Um, I guess uh, just to or actually, we, we have a little bit of time. You have so many kinds of mole on your menu. <laughs> I didn't I didn't include this in the preview questions. Can we just have a conversation about mole right now? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I mean, what about it? I mean, I love mole. It's I mean, so uh, good. yes, um, uh, whatever you would like to offer. Okay, so so what, uh, what what's on your menu right now? And what are the differences between these kinds of sauces? Because I feel like in the States, we mostly get just like just like this idea of a chocolate mole. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And I feel like you need to forget that mole is Mexican chocolate sauce. Right. Chocolate is just one of the 30, 40 ingredients in there. And the chocolate is used to balance out the other ingredients that will roast, will char. They'll get to get out any of like the bitter flavors of the chilies or any of the other ingredients. Um, so, so speaking of Mexican chocolate sauce, our mole de la casa, our house mole, um, does have a little bit of chocolate in it. Again, not Mexican chocolate sauce, but... <laughs> So what we do with that, which is really special, we actually cook it for about five or six days. So we really want to develop the flavor in all of those chilies. Um, and it's a mix between a mole rojo and a mole negra. So a mole rojo is like what you think of when you have like chicken mole, let's say. It's like the most typical form of mole here in the U.S. And um, so we take the chilies, like the guajillos, the anchos, and we roast them off to get like a nice sweet flavor out of it. And then we also take some chilies, just a small amount, and we burn them. Uh, and we cook all of these together. And a mole negra is much richer. You'll typically have it at the end of the meal. It's sort of like a plantain. Um, and it's like not like a dessert, but it's kind of like a dessert. But you burn all of the, the chilies and the ingredients. And then you add, you know, like I said, plantain and raisins and other ingredients to bring out the sweetness and balance it out. So we take both of these techniques and kind of put it together. And we'll cook it for about, like I said, five or six days. And we'll come in every day and we'll take the paste that we made and just fry it off and bring out more and more fragrant notes of the chilies and the tomatoes and the nuts. And it's just really, really special. Um, yeah, I really like making that one and it's, it's a huge process, but you yeah. know, <laughs> you taste it and you know. <laughs> no. um, another cool mole that we have on our menu is uh, mole blanco, which is actually not one of the seven traditional moles of Oaxaca. Uh, you know, we have the yellow mole, the green mole, and you know, a bunch of other types. But um, this one is actually known as a wedding mole. So like in Mexican culture, when you get married, like your mom or your abuela will make mole for you. But if you're the bride and you're wearing a white dress, you do not want to ruin your dress. No. <laughs> so you have a white mole. So you, if you get it on yourself, should you, don't you have spill to worry. when you spill? Exactly. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> so, you know, you know, there's a lot of, you know, cervezas being thrown around. You never know what's going to happen. Um, 
But, uh, we typically serve with chicken. We serve ours with a maitake mushroom and, you know, toasted pine nuts and truffle. So, you know, we really want to use, again, a bunch of like traditional techniques, but really make it our own with all of the ingredients that we have around us as well. So it's fun. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a, one of your cocktails has a, a, a mole syrup in it, the, uh, the old fashioned. Um, do you, how, how, how involved are you with Mariana when you're uh, creating that cocktail? We will collaborate and we collaborate more on ingredients, uh, than we do like, like we'll talk and if we're doing like, we'll do a lot of like, you know, dinners or we'll have like events that we'll do together and we'll collaborate a little bit more. And she was a big part of the tastings when we were opening the restaurant, but when we do like one-off changes here and there, we don't collaborate as much other than like, you know, Hey, I want to use this ingredient. Can you help me get this in? Or, you know, something different like that. But unfortunately we don't collaborate too, too much on that aspect of it, but it is, you know, an important part of, you know, the whole experience. We have a little bit more of this interview for you, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And back to the interview. Is there anything that you are very excited about coming up in the future that you want to give us a little preview of? 
Oh, boy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, but I don't know how much I can talk about uh, Oh, and I know, I know. I mean, there's just like a lot of really exciting things on the horizon here. And, you know, I am super excited for all of the like ingredients that are coming into season for the summer. I'm super excited for, you know, just like I said, there's just like a lot, a lot of stuff in the works. And I feel like you're going to see a lot more Castle Playa in the future. And I'm very excited about it. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> us too. Uh, yes. I've I've been hogging the microphone. Annie, do you have <laughs> do you have anything that you wanna that you wanna ask? You know, uh, we we got to eat at your your restaurant last night. We loved it. Thank you so um, much. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It's so delightful. Yes, uh, I mean, I guess is there any anything you we haven't asked that you would like to talk about? I'm gonna put the work on you. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, we could just like talk about corn some more and how much we love it. (laughs) One thing actually that's super cool about uh, tortillas in masa, which we haven't really touched on, is um, I feel like tortillas sometimes have like a bad rap as being like, oh, I don't want to have it. Like I don't want to have carbs or this or that. But when you take a true like corn tortilla that has gone through the process of nixtamal, it is actually a superfood. It is so good for you. Like it is better for you than the lettuce wrap that you think you want to have. Um, it <laughs> yeah. is high in niacin or vitamin B3. It has it when the, you go through the process of nixtamol, it converts all of the insoluble fibers in the corn to soluble fibers, um, adding the calcium hydroxide as calcium to it. And it is just it's super good for you. And people don't think about that. Yeah. Um, and also like Please note, this corn is not the sweet American corn that you're going to find in your grocery store. This is some very specific varietals of like heirloom corn from Oaxaca, but a super special and magical like, you know, thing that we're doing. And I just want people to know that like tortillas are good for you. Eat more. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, or, or, okay. Um, maybe talking a little bit about one of the other treatments of corn that, that we got to see on your menu, uh, is with this, uh, you're doing one with a Dungeness crab right now. Yes. Uh, could you tell us about, about that process? Because that's going into a different corn situation. So <laughs> that dish also is really cool because we're getting this amazing fresh huilacoche from Oaxaca as well. So we wanted to, obviously it's corn days, you know, You'll find that on the streets of Mexico City everywhere. I love it. I mean, it's one of my favorites. And the sweetness of the corn and the sweetness of the Dungeness crab and then the earthiness of this beautiful huilacoche really come together. And, you know, you brighten it up with a little bit of lime. Um, And it's just like a really nice way to elevate a really classic dish. Like, you know, just you can always get corn with, you know, some mayonnaise and some lime. But the addition of the crab and like the beautiful huilacoche really sets it apart from, you know, the other other dishes out there. I think another thing that you guys were talking about that you got last night is our, uh, your, the summer squash tamal. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is actually my favorite thing on the menu. And it's actually naturally vegan too. So typically when you make tamales, this with whipped lard and, you know, you fold in your masa, some water and whatever other ingredient that you want. But we actually use whipped coconut oil. Um, and the mole that we put on top has a little bit of coconut milk in it as well. And, um, it works the same way as the lard would and, you know, makes a really nice, fluffy, light tamal, which is really nice. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> it really, it genuinely was. Uh, you were talking about um, these small Oaxacan farms that you're getting some of these. How, how did you make those connections? How did you uh, find uh, these these places to, to source this stuff from? So not to just like shamelessly plug a brand, but <laughs> we're working with this company exclusively here called Masienda. And we worked with them. Uh, I worked with them in New York at Cosme. Cosme was actually the first 
uh, restaurant in the U.S. to use this company. And, you know, it was a super important part of this company's growth. And they're really, I think, the best company out there for this product. And they also do a really good job at making uh, masa more accessible for home use. They also, they have a lot of, you know, products like masa harina and stuff like that that you can use at your home. But what they do, which is super, super special, is they travel throughout Oaxaca and other areas, but mostly Oaxaca because that's where the corn grows. Um, and they'll go and they'll buy all of the corn from a lot. And this is great because not only do we get all of the corn, but all of this money is going back into the community. All of this money is going to this family so they can continue to harvest this corn. They can get more equipment to, you know, make this process faster. They can give these resources to other farms and also like by word of mouth, spread the word to the other farmers and other peers that this company exists and, you know, there's a market for it here and like they're willing to put everything forward for these small farmers. So it, it really is great because it goes back to the community. It goes back to, you know, the roots and we're able to get this amazing product, but also like people are able to support their families in a way that they might not have been able to so much so before, which is really, really special. Yeah, absolutely. And, and writing and getting that cuisine out. And it's such a, um, it's such an amazing Cuisine is such an amazing common language that that humans have. We don't have a lot of ways to to share our cultures so immediately and like viscerally with each other. But like you can you, you can taste a tamal like that, and it can transport you absolutely into someone else's world. And like this is oh this this is what your world tastes like. Like this is where you're from. Um, Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, so much. I yeah. No, we we kept having these moments where we would just stop. We would take a bite of food and just stop and go like, "What did we do to deserve this? Like, why?" <laughs> Thank you so like, much. That's so here. nice. <laughs> Please come back tonight. There's so much more for you to try. <laughs> we did. It was really hard to not order one of everything. <laughs> well, like I said, you can come back. We're here. Those tortillas are waiting for you. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, they are. Um, well, thank you so, so, so much for being here. It's been such a good conversation. This has been so fun, guys. Like, thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Any anytime. Feel free to come to Atlanta. We'll show you around. Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> I haven't been to Atlanta in a second, so. Oh, food, oh, yeah. Food scene there is also doing just okay. Yeah, I heard that there's, like, a lot of good stuff coming, like, popping off. Like there's... Genuinely. Yeah, no, we, um, I, I, I love, Annie has a list. I do. <laughs> An extremely detailed, mapped out list. Uh, and it. it's it's very, it's it's hard. Like, I mean, like, it's difficult. Like, I, I'm like, you need to book like about two weeks to get us through, <laughs> to, to get you through our food program. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can get that much time off, but. <laughs> yeah, what's a vacation? Know, a weekend here, yeah. weekend there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of uh, the first of several interviews you will hear from us from our trips to to Las Vegas. I'm very excited for what we do next. I'm already kind of planning Ooh, some things. Okay. Maybe planning going back to Casablanca, <laughs> perhaps. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was so good. It was such a good conversation. She just was like new it's like metas on our nerd science. Oh level. yeah, it was like yes. oh yeah, yeah. No, yes. I, I, I want to hang out with her more. <laughs> She was awesome. If you're listening, we loved you. Yes. <laughs> we love what you do. So, yes. And also, I have a friend who's going to Las Vegas right now. And I definitely was like, maybe. Look check here. This out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell him Annie sent you. <laughs> yes. We're finally becoming a name. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, listeners. 
I know that we would love to hear from you. If you have any recommendations about places we should go next time we're in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, if you want any recommendations from us, we can get that for you too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, in the meantime, you can email us at hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard, and the kind staff at Blue Wire. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.